Hi, this is Gavin with Haversick Designs, and this is The Sound Project. So I'm here today with my good friend, Eric Sills. Thanks so much for, for, for joining us. Uh, we're on location, actually, at uh, Stone Soup Recording, and um, this is uh, one of the, our early projects. Like, I think we, we were introduced in 2010. 2010. Yeah, uh, when, when you're getting ready to build this place. And, and uh, um, man, it's, it's so amazing to be back here and also see all the things that you've been doing over the last 13 years now. Um, I bought a, I bought a couple of books on acoustics and very quickly realized <laughs> that's I'm not going to be an acoustician. So uh, that led me to you. Nice, nice. So um, so f we're in uh, Maumee, Ohio. Did I pronounce that right? Yep. Okay, good. I always feel like I mess it up, but uh, yeah, Maumee, Ohio. And uh, um, I usually say, well, we're an hour south of Detroit. Okay, that's an easy thing. <laughs> if I don't if I don't feel like I'm going to get it right. So, um, but yeah, this is a. Uh, well, first, let's talk about um, a little bit about your background, how you uh, got into music, and, and uh, tell us the story. I, uh, like a lot of the musicians I work with, my musical background came from the, pub the public school system. Oh, yeah. Um, I played French horn from fifth grade through my freshman year in college. I was a performance major on French horn. Okay. And... I, I started playing drums also in high school mm -hmm. and I really wanted to be a touring and a freelance drummer uh, and I needed something to fall back on just in case. So I switched to electronic technology and actually became an electrical engineer. Yeah. So this came out of the combination of electrical engineering and a somewhat musical background. Yeah. So I was in an accident in 2003, ended up in a wheelchair. So drumming's kind of out, mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't get any volume out of my kick drum anymore. And, uh, and my son was interested in recording and this project grew out of all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember when we got introduced and um, you had mentioned that, that this was something, music was something you bonded with your son over. <laughs> and and uh, I, I remember when we, uh, did the project you sent me some initial photos of the of the space and uh, I still when I give presentations and I talk about the studio I show before and after photos and in every one of those photos your son is given the rock symbol yeah. you know and and uh, I just loved it because he was so excited about it and and it was just such a cool project to be involved with because it I knew it was going to be something that you and your son would enjoy and mm. and uh, is he still into music he is we still go to concerts quite a bit in mm -hmm. the last couple of years Pre and then post COVID, we saw Iron Maiden. Um, he took me to see Polyphia, yeah. um, who you did their guitar player's studio. Yeah, Tim Henson. Tim Henson, Tim yeah. Henson studio, and uh, uh, we we go see shows quite a bit. Cool. Um, we saw Ginger in uh, in Detroit. Uh, so yeah, we still yeah. relate over music quite a bit. That's awesome. I'm 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 much more of a jazz person than he is, and he's much more of a progressive metal person than I am, but yeah. we like both of those styles of music together, so. Nice. Where was uh, Polyphia playing at that you saw them? We saw them at a hall in Detroit. Okay. The name of which I'm not going to remember. No. Um, we saw Ginger at St. Andrews, but Polyphia was at a different hall in Detroit. Okay. Yeah, we went to the Indianapolis show, the staff, uh, we all went and, mm -hmm. and checked it out. It was a really good show. I mean, yeah. those guys are ridiculous players. Insane obviously. players. <laughs> um, so 
it sounds like you I mean you grew up playing music for forever and then did you ever think you'd own a studio was that was that like a dream that you wanted to wanted to do you know i i didn't i took rec tech or recording techniques or they called it rec tech when i was at bowling green uh, state university it was a one semester class at that time mm -hmm. and that was it yeah you had that and then there was an electronic music which is a one semester class and i mainly did that so that if i was playing drums i would be able to relate to the people on the other side of the glass better sure so when my son wanted to take a recording camp and he was a little bit too young to get in it was like oh we'll get a linux distro start recording at home and we recorded some of his friends bands and it was like you know I, I remember why I liked Rec Tech. Mm -hmm. I liked analog recording on tape. Uh, and it just kind of grew out of that. I didn't have a, a laser beam focus to being a studio owner. But now that I am, I think I found my calling. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you were looking to... Uh, okay, so what what uh, made you decide like okay i'm going to get a commercial space and like try to try to make a go at it like what was there a switch that flipped that you're just like i'm i'm really going to go for this you know what <laughs> my lovely wife sandra it, she was like you know you're kind of good at that um you should try that as a business <laughs> yeah. which uh her encouragement kind of led to to this, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have thought about buying a commercial building. Mm -hmm. um, the original idea was to do it in our house, but she's like, you know, if you're gonna have freaky weirdo rock and roll people over here at <laughs> two in the morning, do it as a do it as a business. Yeah. I mean, there's always an investment opportunity there for the land and the building, yeah. too. Uh, so that's kind of the way it came out of that. Yeah, well, we have that in common because I, I'm an engineer. I, I don't like to take risks, and so when it came to like maybe starting this business, mm -hmm. I was on the fence, but my wife was the one pushing me over mm -hmm. it and because she was just like, man, you, you do a great, great job. And, and, uh, this is an opportunity for you to, to really kind of spread your wings a little bit. So, I mean, I don't know if she feels the same way now when another box from one of the retailers shows up with a new microphone and it, do you really need that? <laughs> but you know, you it, say uh, you started this. Hey, it's your fault. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. So you found this property. Was it, did you look at a lot of different spaces? Because when you contacted me, you'd already purchased this. So, um, Actually, I talked to you before we signed on the final dotted oh, line. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine, Dave Fogel, who's a great drummer here in town, uh, he and I would get in the car and just drive around and look for for sale signs mm -hmm. for commercial real estate. And this place came up for sale like within spitting distance of our house yeah i'm being facetious but um within rolling distance of our house yeah and so i knew i was going to work with you mm -hmm. and i called you up and said this is what this place looks like this mm -hmm. is what the outside walls are made of you're like if you can get that go for it yeah so it was the right size mm -hmm. at, at the time for where we were starting out mm -hmm. and you approved the construction so yeah that, that's that's how we picked this but we looked for maybe six months okay to a year before just driving around looking at commercial properties yeah yeah uh, but that i mean that's the type of time where it's it's good to land on the right spot mm -hmm. you know because sometimes people will jump into a, a location and and just live with all the compromises and it's not just not quite right for them or it's too far away from their house but mm -hmm. they just want it right now and mm -hmm. and so I, I think that that is uh it's great that you you found this place and i mean and 
we did this three room studio. There's a, a lounge and, and bathroom and things like that and machine room, but it's mostly control room, live room, vocal booth. Mm -hmm. And you had that for, you know, was it seven years? Eight, well, no, probably nine years or so. Nine years, yeah. Um, and then we actually built onto it. Built onto it, the expansion. Yeah, yeah so there's like three more rooms that you needed. Because, well, tell me about like when you first started, because, I mean, you, you've kind of become like a bit of a destination spot for a lot of bands in the Midwest here mm -hmm. to come and, and record. Um, and you just got more and more uh, busy and you needed extra space. So um, I do a lot of jazz. That's a style of music that, I mean, jazz is all-encompassing. Mm -hmm. um, jazz, jazz, fusion, anything improvisational, and a lot of classical, too. Mm -hmm. I I know it's a... a, a Thing now where a lot of people say we want to get everybody in the same room mm -hmm. i'm an isolation guy i've always been an isolation guy mm -hmm. but i also want the musicians to feel like they're playing together in the same place at the same time yeah so that was one of the things i asked about you when we did the expansion is i want to get the people isolated from each other but have them feel like they're playing in the same room at the same time yeah so that was the main goal for that i wanted to be able to get drums away from upright bass yeah. It, it, upright bass is a challenging enough instrument to record by yeah. itself mm -hmm. without you know the drummer banging away in the background <laughs> bleeding into those microphones sure so between the piano upright bass and drums which was the core rhythm section for a lot of what i do um calling you up and saying i need to add on but i want them to feel like they're together that was the impetus for that yeah and i really like how it turned out because you know we have uh, one larger room than two ISO booths, but you have good sight lines and be mm. able to see each other. And then you can have video uh, it, for, for the sight lines that don't work. If there's a sight line that doesn't work, yeah, we can put a, I have cameras in every room and then screens, we can just move around and plop down in front of a yeah. person. Yeah, how, um, how do people find out about you typically? Is it word of mouth or is it, do you do advertising or how's that work? I haven't done that much advertising. There are times when people will come to me and say, we have a benefit concert or mm -hmm. we're doing a show. Would you like to sponsor it? And I'll do some things like that. I've done a little bit of radio advertising when people call me up and say, Hey, we can get you on the radio for the small price of 1995. <laughs> um, I, it's 99% been word of mouth. Yeah. Somebody likes what, what they resulted in and play it for somebody else. And they'll look on it and say, okay, yeah. well, I got to find that guy. Yeah, nice. How how many artists do you work with that are local to the Maumee area versus like coming in regionally? Um, Maumee area, uh, we because we're right on the south side of Toledo. Mm -hmm. I'll en encompass Toledo in that. There are a number of people who are Toledo's a great a great area for musicians. One of my great friends and a great musician. I've worked with a lot, Chris Shutters, who's now the lead singer in Blood, Sweat, and Tears, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, done several projects with him. Um, uh, there's a, a Dave Fogel, great drummer, Glass City All Stars, mm -hmm. um, Amelia Earhart's, all these great bands that are that are local, who are are branching out and starting to make waves. That I've done projects with. Mm -hmm. um, I but now it's a lot of people from Detroit coming yeah. down. Yeah. So between Detroit, Ann Arbor, Maumee, that's probably. 90% of it. Yeah. And Detroit's only like an hour. About an hour away. Okay. That's nice. You have to have that, that community there. And, and yeah, the word kind of just spreads when you, you, you hear a good record and you want to know where it's done. So, mm -hmm. um, tell me about, uh, um, as far as like, uh, the gear that you use and like, I know that you've, you say that, you know, 
boxes show up at your house often so it's like getting getting new gear is super fun uh what's your um kind of main go-to pieces that you 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 use i i will always have a jones for a large format console but right now i can't justify it and i don't know what it would do for me that i'm not already doing so mm -hmm. um i'm pro tools hdx or ultimate or whatever they're calling it this week yeah <laughs> um that's the main DAW that I use. I have used Reaper in the past, but I was doing some stuff where we would track it here and it was mixed elsewhere, LA or Chicago. Mm -hmm. So just use Pro Tools and get it over with, right? Sure. Um, my converters are all Antelope Audio. Um, Prees, I love the uh, Hairball Audio Lolas for drums. That's, mm -hmm. if I could only have one Pre, that's yeah. the one mm -hmm. I, I love that that pre and then there are a couple other specialized pre's the universal audio la610 i use that for vocals most of the time so that's mostly the front end yeah um as you know you've seen this place through three different sets of monitors mm -hmm. but these were my dream monitors yeah. for years and they came up with a deal that i couldn't beat so i had <laughs> to get them nice so. nice and then uh we also uh have the turnoff system in here mm -hmm. the st2 uh pro and that's a game changer too. I know that you had been working in the studio for years before you got the Trinov and, and that was, uh, well t uh, what was that experience like for you? Well, let me say, first of all, the Trinov is the icing on the cake yeah. and you were the cake, you know, and yeah. you, you got me 90% of the way there. But f what you told me in the very beginning is be aware that in a control room this size, there will always be a primary resonance at about 100 hertz or 150 hertz and then there's a dip right after that there's no way around that so um i, I you're doing the car check mm -hmm. going out checking your your low end in in the car and coming in and tweaking stuff um you and i spoke about ways to fix that low end lump mm -hmm. and you said you might want to check out this company called trinov mm -hmm. they they have some really neat stuff going so I, I talked to my sales rep at Vintage King and he sent me a unit and he says, "Be if you don't like it, send it back, but I can guarantee you, you're not going to send it back. And he was right. Yeah. So it was a game changer. Yeah. Total mind. I mean, I don't do car checks anymore. Yeah. It is absolutely amazing to have that unit, turn it on. Yeah. And if you bypass it and listen, you're like, Wow, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, because it does so many things. Not only the EQ changes, but then also just the time alignment of mm -hmm. the speakers and imaging that that uh, pops out. Um, and it's one of those things where, in a good room, uh, it, what's great is that the turnoff doesn't have to work too hard. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you put it in a room with no treatment, then it's it's. Uh, I've heard some people say that it just sounds a little unnatural, and 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 so in a room like this that's well treated, it's uh, it, it's it, it definitely not a replacement for right for you what you do sure it's the last you know five or ten percent but man what a ten percent it is yeah yeah it's really awesome and it also became my monitor controller the mm -hmm. la remote mm -hmm. is you know, everything goes through that right into the barefoots yeah through um uh it's all digital to the barefoots yeah so. yeah um what speakers did you have before the barefoots you had when i opened the studio in 2011, they were Mackie HR824 Mark IIs. Yeah. Yep. And then the next upgrade was the Neumann uh, KH310As, mm -hmm. which are brilliant speakers, and I still have at home. Yeah. Um, I use them on my edit rig at home. Uh, these were my dream monitors. Mm -hmm. Basically, for a recommendation, you were doing a studio in Carmel, Indiana, I believe. Oh, that was Evansville. 
Evansville? I think, yeah, I think that was the one. Um, and you said, you got to hear these barefoots. They yeah. are freaking amazing. Yeah. And ever since then, it was like, if yeah. they got the Gavin Haverstick <laughs> seal of approval, I got to yeah. get them. But they were driving my dream monitors. Yeah, they're really nice. Um, when you're, so let's talk a, a little bit about building the place. Mm-hmm. Like, because uh, uh, we get kind of going back to the 2010, like when you really started, started building it. Um, you got some contractors involved and, and some people local to to the area, and we sent over a set of plans of how to how to build uh, different wall structures and and all of that. But what was that process like? As far as uh, you, you'd never probably built a studio like this before. Nope. Yeah. I I'd never built a project period like this. I mean, sure. we build a house, but that's like, you know, go away and come back in six months. Who cares? Yeah. You're right because it'll be a house when they're done. But. I, there were several contractors that I spoke with, and I would show them the prints, and I was like, well, you don't need all that. <laughs> all that crap. What do you need that yeah. for? We've done stuff like this before. and That's not th- what you want. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> if your contractor doesn't dig in and say, oh, this is a cool challenge, this is something that we'll be able to do. Then um, I met, through a side project, my main contractor at that time was a guy named Matt Meisner, and he looked at the prints and was like, this is cool. Yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. And I knew we had the right guy then. Yeah. And we would call you up every once in a while and say, mm-hmm. well, how should we do this? How should we do that? Yeah. But he did, he built to the plans. Yeah. Matt was great. Um, that's what I love. I mean, uh, I, I like it when people give me uh, calls with questions. Mm-hmm. Like I, and sometimes people feel like, I don't want to bother Gavin with that. Like I want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's and, what you're so, there for. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm there for. So Matt was awesome. Um, Cause he built, not only the the rooms, but also some of the, I think he did the diffusers as well. The or? diffusers was a friend of mine oh, I've known okay. since kindergarten, actually. His name's John Tomes. Okay. He's a, a, a Finnish woodworker. That's his thing. He built the console mm-hmm. and all of the, the, the fine woodwork for the, the diffusers and, and the things. base trapping. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone did just such an excellent job. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it's the first time that they'd done something like yep. this, you know, turned out really awesome. Um, what's the reaction you get from bands that come here for the first time? The thing I'm going for is I want people to be comfortable and be able to relax. Mm-hmm. And people come in and they're like, wow, this is a real studio. I was yeah. expecting a pile of stuff in somebody's basement. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and But um, they everybody's pretty amazed that this kind of facility is available to them to use in in you know we're not in la or miami or right. new york or atlanta yeah um and they're pretty amazed that they come in and this is wow this is a real studio yeah and then they can just chill out and create right which is i try to be relaxed about it you mm-hmm. know forget watching the clock forget all that stuff just make music that's yeah. what we're here for yeah no it's it's a super comfortable space and yeah from when you park out front, you don't really know what to expect it when you come in. It's probably by design. Some of that's you know? by design. <laughs> yeah. Rob me. You know, yeah. you don't want to put that on the front of the building. So, yeah, no, it's like, uh, and it seems like you have a lot of return customers too, like the people that come in and record one album, do multiple, multiple things. Yes. Um, one thing I know I need to work on is my turnaround time. I try to, uh, um, I, I, when you start doing this in the very beginning, any, anybody that comes through the door, you're like, yeah, we'll take it. And pretty soon you've got like nine things stack up to mix, you yes. know, and everybody's like, come on, where's yeah. more, where, where's my stuff? Um, be cognizant of your time planning. That's always something I'm working on trying yeah. to get better at. Yeah. Um, 
And but the uh, most of my people are return clients or being a jazz focused studio, mm -hmm. people will come in and they'll have um, somebody they, they bring into play on their project mm -hmm. who's never been here before. And then that person is like, wow, that's great. I want to yeah. have you do my next project. And then they bring in people and it sort of balloons out yeah. geometrically from there. Well, and I know that uh, I think it was kind of maybe as a shift you did during COVID was doing some live streaming mm -hmm. as well, um, which that was, that was fun for me to be able to see the studio in action mm -hmm. and, and get to see these, these amazing players, uh, um, you know, get to, like you're in your, their living room playing. Mm -hmm. So how, how has that been? Do you, have you continued that since COVID? Not as much because everybody is returned to playing. Mm -hmm. So where we were streaming every Friday and Saturday, at least once a week during COVID, now that COVID's done, um, maybe a couple times a year sure. since then. But what we have done is transitioned the streaming system so that we can put cameras up and hit record and get ISO streams so they can do promo videos of projects that we're working on. Sure. So that's really nice. I mean, um, I, I know that you work with a lot of professional musicians and this is what they do, but I th think sometimes you also have people that just want to come in and record a, a song or two or like mm -hmm. newer musicians. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's great to have that ability to, because I know when I was young and playing music, if I could have stepped into a place like this and, and tracked something, it probably would just make me even more excited for, for doing doing more of that type of work. I, I really have a firm commitment to, to every project. I try mm -hmm. to treat everybody the same. If you can't treat the, the newest, most inexperienced person coming through the door like you would the most powerful artist you're working with, you probably shouldn't take the project. Yeah. Um, so you never know when somebody you're working with who's absolutely new at this could be the next big star. For sure. So I try to treat everybody the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, some people who I've worked with will come in the door and you're like, oh my God, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I said, try to get everybody comfortable and get down to work. Yeah. Speaking of that, do you have any uh, uh, artists that you haven't worked with that's like a bucket list thing like you'd really like to do? Yes. The guy I wanted to work with as a drummer um, was a guitar player who's not with us anymore, Alan Holdsworth. He yeah. was my guy. Yeah. Um, influenced me. Anybody who could do that with a guitar, uh that means anybody can do anything with anything because he was supernatural mm -hmm. and I always wanted to work with him. Um, and a lot of the people who I have on a bucket list, uh, I will find out where they're playing. Yeah. Give them a card. Yeah. You never know. Well, I mean, I tracked a couple of albums with a band called Marvin from Chicago. Yeah. I saw them opening for Holdsworth and I was like, this is a great band. Yes. And I tracked a couple of albums with them. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's somebody I want to work with, I'll seek them out and give them a card. Yeah, don't be shy about it, right? Yeah, like, uh, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? They'll they'll say no, you know. So I found the same thing kind of applies with people who are in our business who do something you like the way it sounds. Yeah. Um, uh, Rival Sons, Electric Man. I always love that drum sound. Mm-hmm. I found out who the engineer was and emailed him and he emailed me back and then said, yeah, here's how we did that. You know, thanks wow. for digging it. Um, uh, I did some projects with, uh, uh, female singers who have a sort of raspy voice mm -hmm. and I found out 
some country singers who have that kind of voice and I wasn't happy with the results I was getting, found the engineer who worked with that other person and he called me back. Wow. And said, wow, that's really cool. I didn't know I did that album. Yeah, we used the Shure SM7B or an RE20 and mm -hmm. ran it through a tube pre. And um, so uh, everybody in this business seems to. Yeah, like to share knowledge. and Share knowledge and reach out. Mm -hmm. That's the best way, I think. Yeah, yeah, a lot of networking going on. Do you do you ever seek out an artist individually? Like, I know you reach out to engineers and get information from them, but do you ever hear an artist and just say, like, hey, I just want to, I want to work with that person? Marvin was the best example of that. Yeah. Um, then, yes. If, if, I will email people quite a bit. I really love the band Dirty Loops. Um, they're uh, mostly working on the West Coast, so I don't think I would have an opportunity to work with them, but that's an example you can get on their Facebook page. Everybody's on social media now. Yeah. Send them a message. Hey, I really love what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Want to work with you sometime. Here's my studio webpage. Make sure they can see that you're serious. Yeah, right. And then... Um, uh, there's a lot of guys from Detroit, um, Dave Bennett, great saxophone player, or, um, great clarinet player and surf rock guitar player, both. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I, he, I met through a drummer in Ann Arbor, a guy named Pete Sears, who I used to study with, um, between the networking and reaching out and saying, that's a guy I want to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you hunt them down and say, love to work with you, mm -hmm. you, you may get one out of 10 or one out of 50. But once you do a good job with them, hopefully that'll expand your. Yeah, and that's one more than you would have. That's gotten. one more than you would have gotten if you don't try it at all. Right. It you reach out. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out. I don't care if they're famous. You yeah. Know, um, get on their Facebook page. And Usually reach out. they don't even care that they're famous. They don't care that yeah. they're famous. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, as far as like owning a studio, is there any advice um, or, uh, let's say, challenges that you you uh, run up against in in having this place over the last thirteen years? Um. As far as having the studio, getting getting over the fact that I'm not in LA or New York mm -hmm. or Miami or one of those places, uh, there are definitely advantages to being in that kind of geographical area. But that's not a game. That's not gonna. That doesn't mean you're dead in the water right off the bat. Right. So don't let that be a detrimental to mm -hmm. your to your thinking process. Mm -hmm. Um, the challenge for me is, is getting, keeping my time scheduled reasonably so that I can get the stuff back to the people in a timely manner to which they want it. Sure. That's always been a challenge for me. Um, where's my, where's my project? And I'm hopefully getting better at that. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, if you're giving them a quality result, hopefully, which I, I'd like to think I am, mm -hmm. that they'll be patient, you yeah. know, and you're, you're giving them what they want and it sounds great. So I think too, with that, as far as the timing of things, it's, it's kind of setting the expectation for, with people. And, and honestly, if you could turn uh, around their project in a couple days, uh, you, you probably wouldn't be as good as you probably are, wouldn't be you know? as good as it <laughs> yeah. was. And, yeah. and, and, and also, you know, you're busy you, mm -hmm. and that's because you do good work. So, um, yeah, sometimes obviously everyone wants their project yesterday and, mm -hmm. and, uh, but I've know. had people call me in the car on the way home after the tracking <laughs> session and say, are the mix is done yet? Uh, no, but, um, thanks for checking in. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, so 
would you do it again? Would you build this place again? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there were probably some gear purchases that hindsight's twenty twenty that I may not have done, sure. or some stuff that I would have bought sooner. Um, the, the not to you know Gavin Haverstick, but not to to be too. Uh, but the main thing I can say is get somebody like you involved at the beginning. Sure. Um, some people are like, well, is that really the most important thing? Yeah, you can have the great equipment, best equipment in the world in a room that sounds like, and yeah. you're going to get a recording that sounds like, yeah. so right. if the room doesn't sound good, your recording probably won't sound good. Yeah. Um, it's not the most, uh, I'd say, I mean, I know it's what I do for a living, but it's not the most exciting part about building the studio is hiring a acoustical consultant, but um, it is the thing that lays the foundation for everything else. And for know? me, it was too. Yeah. And speaking with you at the beginning, some of the guys that you had worked with, uh, which was really cool hearing you tell stories about that stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whose names you can mention, but you know, and you've done some NASCAR people's home theaters and yeah, you've sure. done some big things for other people. And it's like hearing you talk about those people and how cool they were was yeah. inspiring. Yeah, for sure. And I really admire your business and what you've been able to do with that also. Thank you. I. It is, it's funny to see it because like I say all the time, like when I started Haversick Designs, I thought, okay, well, it's just going to be me in an office until I retire and I'll do cool projects and I'll handle every aspect of it myself and mm -hmm. that's it. Um, and now like fast forward, it's uh, last month was 14 years for us, um, which is very cool. Yeah, um, man. Thanks. And, uh, and it's now I have six employees and we have... And I always just surround myself with people better than me at, at what they do, and and it just that's got to be a challenge for you because you're you know. not really. Um, they, they especially like I mean, there's definitely um, uh, I I'm just always trying to learn, and and when I surround myself with people, it's just like they're really great at this aspect or this aspect. It just makes for a better result. Like some people don't want to. It's weird as a as a business person. Some people don't want to hire someone better than them because it's of an ego thing. But for me, it's just like I do the same thing with my band. Like all the people that play in my band are better than me at Rivet Shack. Music. Rivet Shack. <laughs> yeah, a little plug for Rivet Shack, which I've actually thought about this, and I'm going to ask you see if you're up for it. Is that sometime in my life I want to record a Rivet Shack EP or album and do a different song in different studios around the country that we've done are you, are you i would love to do that that'd be pretty fun that would be a blast it, it'd be an expensive project because there's airfare and we'd have to fly around but this one's drivable so, yeah. so we could definitely do that uh, so maybe we'll i'll hit you up for that at absolutely some point. um awesome well thanks so much for for joining us on the podcast eric i, mean, I, I appreciate you coming in thank you very much fun and and uh it's always good to check in and just like i I mean, what you've built here, um, not just built the studio, but the business and, and the reputation and everything you do is just amazing. So thank you, man. I appreciate work. it. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode and being a part of the Sound Project. Uh, if you have any ideas for future podcast episodes, like feel free to email us at info at and we'll see you next week.